0: Welcome to Mentality Podcast, where we have real conversations with real people about healthy masculinities. I'm your host Lao Chokan, and throughout this podcast, we'll hear from a wide range of guests about the views and experiences of manhood. We'll look at the bits we should celebrate, but also its messy parts while having a bit of a laugh. Welcome back to Mentality Podcast. I hope you guys are keeping well. The sun is shining here in London again, which is quite rare to be honest, to be twice in a row, but anyway. I hope you're keeping well and enjoying the summer wherever you're listening from. And by the way, a great great news is that based on your feedback, on your likes, Mentality Podcast ranks quite high on Apple Podcast under mental health. And I'm encouraging you guys to continue to review, like, or comment on whatever platform you're listening from in order for more people to get the you know get a hold of this good and quality podcast. And today, I'm continuing my conversation with Money about education and young boys, but mostly focusing about masculinity. We're going to jump straight into it and we're going to hear Money's response about toxic masculinity.
1: One of the things I've, I've discovered over the last few years is that, you know, sometimes you just have to kind of say things as they are and accept it for what it is. And a lot of men have an issue with the term toxic masculinity because they see it as the emasculation of men. But if you ask those same men, what do you see as a man? They will tell you the same very things that we are saying are toxic. And so if they don't identify those things as toxic and they think it's all right to want to beat up everybody every time you get into a car accident. Or if you haven't got the the reasoning and the rationale to decide, do I need to fight in this instance? Or do I need to kind of just protect the people around me? Do I need to use my words in an articulate way? Do I need to fight? and protect the people around me because that's the best thing to happen right now but it's just that it's, it's, it's all of these things that we we just assume that by being a man we're allowed to be destructive to be aggressive to not be accountable to be poor communicators to have children left right and center to go to prison and come out of it and and who do we leave to kind of deal with the the rest of that stuff it's the women you know
0: yeah absolutely spot on
1: that's just how I see it. Whether it's in the house, you don't take responsibility as a father, who's got to step up whether she wants to or not? It's the mother. I saw it for myself and that was with my dad at home but he didn't always step up like he should have done. You see in the church, if, the, if men don't want to go to church, women will still set up churches on the street corner and meet every Friday night to pray. You get it? In society, if they've got to do a civil rights movement, they will do it irrespective of whether the men are ready or not and I feel like We've got to a point now where men have just allowed each other to just continue in what they're doing. We even glamorize it. If I talk now about some things that I think should be associated to what a man is, i.e. compassionate, you know, gentle, kind, giving, considerate, all of these terms, they're not what many people associate with being a man. They want to hear you say aggressive, strong, strongest, you know, don't take nothing from nobody. Have to be the dominant one, even in your relationship. Your woman talk to you, anyhow, you tell her to shut up.
0: Don't be a pushover. Don't obvious, be a pushover. No. All those yeah.
1: kind of things, you know. And we repeat it, but then we also glamorize it. And so young boys are only going to hear, hear and do the same things and assume, well, that must be right. Everyone else is doing it. When I'm, when I'm touching women inappropriately in the club, none of the 10 boys that I came to the club with that night ever called me out on it. So it must be right. Whether they agree with what you did or not, How many times have we called out our friend when we said, mate, you're doing a bit too much there. Give the woman her her distance. You don't for for different reasons. So we live in a society where it's like you, you, you speak up about things that are worth speaking up about and people don't want to hear about it or they criticize you. But that's because we've developed a culture of lack of accountability. We have to get to a point where we say to each other, guys, it's not normal how we operate in society. A good leader isn't someone that abuses the people that work underneath him or sexually assaults them quietly, you know, hoping that they get that, that that, you know, they get away with it. That's not normal. And the more we kind of take responsibility for the things that we do as men and nobody else involved, just what we do as men. Then, then I think that you know, the, the closer we are to seeing some changes, at least for the next generation, there's no hope for our, 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 our guys, but we're too far. You can't change men now to do what they want to do. We're talking about hundreds of years of just ways of doing stuff. But even if it's one or eight boys that I teach, they can never leave my classroom without having an understanding of what it is to be a real man. And that's nothing to do with money or finances or how much material stuff. It's just the impacts that you leave on people as a man On your family on your community on your employers on your employees whatever it is that's your role as a man and you can do that with grace you can do that with kindness you can do it with compassion with grace if i'm not in the classroom those eight boys they may not hear that conversation ever or when they hear it it's too late somebody's talking to them whilst they're in prison trying to do rehabilitation at the age of 18 it's too late your life's already down the drain you know, so that's the reason why we have to take it seriously, because every day there's a child that's being born with no father. He's left. He's gone somewhere. Or there's a child that's about to go out and do a robbery because people above him have told him he's going to be out of the gang. You, you know, there's so much complex things that go on that we just don't take for granted. that We don't understand that these things have massive implications, you know. And I guess all we can do is have it one conversation at a time, one youth project at a time one teacher at a time, one lesson at a time. It's all you can do. You can't save the world. You just do what's within your capacity with the people that are around you.
0: It's so much, so much gold in what you just shared that actually I have no idea where to start. But first, let me just say that it's important for us men to acknowledge that this rigid and toxic view of what it means to be a man, it's holding us back. It affects us and disproportionately affects women and women have been bearing the brunt of our decisions and we can't continue to bury our heads in the sand and I like what you just said um, that we need to break this cycle we need to be as men to be willing to be accountable for our behavior but also need to hold other men to account but I do appreciate there are some challenges like you know for example at work you can't go to your boss who made an appropriate comment about women or call it female colleague because you know that your job situation might be affected by it, equally like maybe in a circle of friends, that you have a, a friend that is you know, stronger and bigger than you and you don't dare to call him out because he might get aggressive or might bully you. And I do appreciate that. But nevertheless, we may need to be accountable and break this cycle and ensure that future generations of men and women have a different model Uh, an example of how we build relationships than just this top-down patriarchal way of uh, behaving?
1: 100%, yeah. 100%, yeah. Accountability is is key. Um, And that's something I think we just struggle with. And for the reasons that you've just said now, it's not that easy, is it, at the workplace to speak against someone who is above you or on the street, to speak against a boy or a group of people who maybe more physically kind of you know, dominating, you know, these are practical examples of why it's so difficult, but it doesn't change the problem. You know, we can maybe not do anything within our power in that specific instance, but it doesn't mean that our attitude or our intentions change completely, that we just say, oh, this is it. It It can no longer be the whole boys will be boys rhetoric that we hear, because unfortunately boys being boys, it's not looking great, is it? So. We're not being very progressive in our ideas. And I think, staring off a little bit off topic, there's a rise in independence amongst women that men, ironically, do not like. They have to be independent. They go and get their own jobs and their own careers. And if you want to supplement that, that's fine. But that already is very not traditional. But the same man who doesn't want to take responsibility for what he should be doing as a man will have a problem with a woman that wants to be free and wants to you know, show her individualism and not rely on a man. And it's almost kind of like, well, if you want to, if, you know, if you want to be independent, then you're a feminist and feminism is the same thing as emasculation of men. No, it's not. That's that's not how it works. Like you can fight for women's rights. I said this the other day, you can fight for women's rights. And that does not mean that that's making you less of a man. We might have roles that we establish together in our household that I might have to, Kind of follow or abide to, or that we both want me to do as a man and her to do as a woman. It shouldn't change my role as a man. It shouldn't change my role as a father, my ability to provide, my ability to do what I need to do in the house. But you've got you've got a group of men now who will complain and complain and complain about the new age women, without understanding that women would never feel the need to have to get up and do some of the things they're doing if they felt some level of security. Women want to be, and I don't I don't even mean this in the in 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 that kind of like you know, like the meaning way, like when I say that most women want to be protected and, and provided for. But that's that's a general kind of like thing that people want. But a woman would want that, generally speaking, you know, not in the way that you have to be the guy that beats up everybody, but she wants to feel protect. Yeah, in your presence, in her life. And like I said, I've got examples where I've lived in a household where the person that was meant to be doing the protection of the family, protection from debt, protection from Eviction, you know, protection from all kinds of things, stuff that's happening to me at school. I weren't getting that. The household wasn't getting that. So who steps up and, and and fills in that gap? It's the woman, my mother. She ain't got a choice. She had her own career that she wanted to pursue. She has to leave that behind. She got to work twelve hours, so she's providing and she's cooking. She's doing it all. You know, I don't really feel like there's much more that we ask for, men. And and don't get me wrong, I feel like there is. Um, there is a pressure on men that I have even felt myself. There is a pressure on men, especially when it comes to the providing and the protecting aspect of it. But if we're honest with each other about what that looks like and what that should be, and we'd be very specific within our individual relationships and our friendships about what that should be, that pressure really shouldn't really be there. It shouldn't stop us from doing what we're supposed to do anyway. That, you know, my bills are paid, that if my wife loses her job tomorrow, who's it going to fall on? It's going to fall on me. There's a lot of pressure that comes to that. So I'm not trying to, you know, negate the experiences that we have. But many men don't take responsibility for what they should be doing. They're not being fathers. They're not being husbands. They're not being mentors. They're not being role models. They're just living life freely and hoping that someone else picks up the pieces, picks up their child, social care, picks up their child. The mother picks up the child. It's not normal. It's not right.
0: One hundred percent money. I totally agree that yes, there's a lot of pressure that, uh, that falls on men when when it comes to a partnership. But equally, if I would turn the argument on its head, I would say that you know, if I lose my job, there's a lot of pressure on my partner for her to you know provide to look after after me financially, after the whole family. So that's why I think we men can't just lie behind behind that argument. Oh, we need to you know we need to be strong. We need to provide for our, for our partners because if we're in an equal partnership, which we are. We just need to acknowledge it and be authentic to that. That's why being a feminist is just, you know, doing the right thing and just be responsible or authentic to to that partnership. And yes, I, I agree that it's a, you know, the idea of uh, security and, you know, it's a human, it's a basic human thing that you know men need security in a relationship. Maybe we're not aware of it, we're not willing to speak about it, but we also need security when it comes to, from a, from a partnership yeah what i would say is it's quite striking uh, by listening to your story and your you know your family uh, and upbringing is kind of very similar to mine growing up in romania you know different culture different uh, context but I'm not sure what, what makes it. Probably it's mostly to social conditioning and what men were told in that time, what it means to be a man and what to expect from, uh, from their partner. But um, back to the, the main point is that we men, especially, the, as you mentioned, that's that kind of group of men that are resistant to change, resistant to embrace that we are in an equal partnership with our partners, that we need to step up. We need to be present when it comes to our, our parenting with our partners And bottom line is that I think we need to be more present um, and uh, acknowledge that we need to change as uh, as men. Because the way we behave so far, you know, it's not working for us or for those around us. So that's why I think a change is very much uh, due. Anyway, but moving on, one question I like to ask all the guests of the podcast is um, what stereotypes about men you dislike the most? I know it's a tricky question, but uh, yeah. I'm keen to hear your views um i think one of the
1: stereotypes i really disliked like over the years is men shouldn't cry it's often kind of like a a cliche saying you know that like men don't cry but like i think when you look at the statistics of of suicide especially in the last five to ten years in particular parts of the world men dominate that and you've got to look back at like why do men feel like it's an easier choice to kill themselves. Like what things, what was the, that helps them get rid of the anxiety, the depression, the frustration, the pressure of life. And more often than not, it's because they've been taught or they've been conditioned to believe that as men, you can't be vulnerable. And if you can't live up to the standards that society has set for you, then you ain't man enough. And so we don't create a safe space for each other as men, as in our friendship groups, in our homes. So that already is kind of a problem. And then generally speaking, you know, in life, we're just too toughen up, man up, be the toughest. And that's woven into every part of our society, every part of our culture, every film you watch to do with a man. Up until recently where the role of a man or the perception of a man has changed slightly down to the influence of the LGBTQ community, where we show a lot more men who, more often than not present differently from what the stereotype of a man would be in a film or in a show, for instance, generally speaking, men are- are presented in a particular way, you know, we're the fiercest, we're the fastest, we're the strongest, we're the most powerful, you know we're Captain America, we are Hulk, you know, the biggest, the baddest, you know in films, we're the gangsters, we're the killers, you know, we're ruthless, you know, we're the money makers, so all these things are perpetuated in society, and young boys that myself would listen to hip hop and hear my favorite rappers talk about every person they've shot that week and how if anybody talks bad to them, they're going to gun back them in their mouth. I grew up, I idolized these rappers. So if that's all the information I am getting, the force of all of that, even if I did have a dad at home, he was telling me the complete opposite, which I didn't have. The force of all of that information it takes a lot for an individual boy to say, irrespective of all of that stuff that I'm getting and that I'm hearing, I'm going to choose to be like this. I'm going to choose to be communicative and kind and compassionate and, and give people grace and be patient and be forgiven. No, people actually teach their children. If a kid punches you at school, you better punch him back. Don't come home until you've given them a bus lip. Whether that child wants to in his body, do that or not, we've taught him, that's how you have to be. You don't have a choice in life. And so when you think about that, it's detrimental when you hear about the con- the idea of boys don't cry, boys shouldn't cry. What you're saying to them is no matter what happens in life, don't be vulnerable. Be strong, be fierce. Up until the point, you can't be strong or fierce no more. And at that point, nobody tells you what to do, which is why guys look around at that point. Well, I guess the only thing to do is to kill myself because there is literally nothing else for me. My role in this society is non-existent anymore. I can't fit society's. Idea of what it is to be a man, and sometimes it's just I don't have anybody to open up to.
0: Exactly, that's what I think that we can do to prevent this epidemic of mental health and suicide is by either finding or creating safe spaces for for men to be able to open up and discuss what's happening in our lives. Because I believe the more isolated we are, the more prone we are to develop mental health issues. That's why I believe that actually by being vulnerable with with our friends in a safe space, with the the right people, we become much stronger when we open up and are more vulnerable. I actually put a blog post some time ago about this topic and I looked at different contexts. And I think this idea of men don't cry is fairly recent uh, over the last kind of maybe hundreds of years because looking at, for example, for example, if if you look at uh, ancient Greece, like 3,000 BC, reading Homer's poems, and how is struck by the idea how men actually were able to express emotions, cry uh, in in some instances as well, with not a problem. I didn't feel there was um, a weak thing to do or a thing that women do so. That's one thing that I encourage encourage our listeners to check out uh, the blog post, and I'll put the link into the caption of this episode. Leaving this uh, behind and just thinking also about like some of the positive traits that um, we want to see developing for us as men, and you kind of mentioned a few of them earlier. But I'm just uh, curious to kind of maybe if you want to develop those uh, those aspects a bit a, a bit more.
1: So this one's a difficult one because.
0: Whatever I say, I'm not saying that they're the most important
1: ones, but they're the ones that come to my mind. And I just feel like that is just key for different reasons. And, okay, so I'm going to give two answers. So there's a book, um, and I would highly recommend this. So Mel Versus Man, Dondre Whitfield, quite a famous American actor. And Mel Versus Man talks about three particular traits, and he names them the Aces. And the A stands for articulation. A man should be articulate. In the things that he wants to do or achieve and how he speaks to others the other one is clarity so being clear in your views like you know no stone stones unturned you could kind of link it quite closely to communication um although communication has different different definitions and the last thing was empathy you know so if you articulate your compassion and you've got empathy you know that in a way is something that one we should strive to kind of really encompasses so much more in terms of what what we should be looking for in men. And you know, what? I've just looked at it now. I've just realized that it wasn't articulation. Articulation was more closely to link to clarity. The first one, A, was authenticity. So being authentic. And I like that because I think when you're authentic, you are principled. When you've got principles, you don't go with the waves. You don't go with the trends. What you believe in and what you fight for is what you believe in and what you fight for, irrespective of who your boss is, who you work for, who you work under, your circumstance, your principle, how you want to raise your child, it's, that's that's going to happen regardless. And that makes you authentic. And I think being your authentic self, having clarity, being able to articulate yourself, being, good, being a good communicator, and showing empathy, kindness, compassion, those I think are very, very good traits of a man. They are referenced from that book. And I think because they encompass a lot I would define as good traits, I would say that, that that acronym, ACE, I think for me is the best answer I could give. If I was to give my own individual one, aside from that, you know, I would I would have said communication. I would have said empathy. I would have said integrity. And yeah, I, I think I would have stuck to those because off of if you you know. If they were all trees, they would have different branches coming off of them, you know, empathy, compassion, kindness, you know. And I think above all, or one of the things that I think is key and overarching across all of them is the ability to want to understand rather to try to be understood is like criminally underrated. When you try and understand someone, you show a level of compassion, you show a level of communication and you're being flexible with your authenticity, aren't you? Because you're being prepared to still be yourself, but I'm going to hear what you have to bring to the table. It doesn't change anything about me. And so I like that. I love that phrase, like, you know, try to understand rather than trying to be understood. And that really does encompass a lot of those things. So, so like I said, there was two answers to that, ace and then a the list of those traits I just mentioned. But certainly one to mention was trying to be someone that understands people rather than trying to be understood.
0: Thanks for sharing that money. It's such an insightful perspective on some of the things that we men can look and consider and and work on. And as I was actually discussing with uh, the previous guest, Dan Guinness, and for people who haven't listened to that episode, I definitely encourage them to check it out. It's about healthy masculinities. And we're actually discussing that it's not about having a new list of things of what it means to be a man, kind of the healthy list. It's about understanding that There are multiple ways of being a man. That's why I would discuss about healthy masculinities and kind of this is the sense I have from from what you shared earlier that that there shouldn't be a top priority list. But the the traits you mentioned like, you know, being authentic or having good communication skills are quite quite good. The idea of having compassion and empathy, I believe they kind of dovetail quite well with uh, the phrase you used that it's not about being understood, it's about understanding others. And this reminds me of an example that I came across recently and echoes quite well this phrase, uh, which is the difference between a boy and a man is that a boy's his world is about himself, it's about his needs, about what he can get from his parents or family, friends, and so on. But a man, is his focus on, is on others, like how he can help others, how he can support others, how he can understand others. And that's when the transition from boyhood to manhood happens when the shift of one's world is from himself to others. So it's it just, it's, as I mentioned, it's a, a bit simplified way, but I think strips it down to, to to the core, like some of the essence of what it means to be a man and how we need to change our focus on, on others, to understand others and to support others instead of what can I get? What do I need to, to receive?
1: Yeah, no, I love that. I think that's probably one of the first times I've heard that. So that's something that definitely will will stick to my mind. And like you said, it it might be oversimplified, but I think it's a brilliant way for anyone that's trying to think about what would it take for you to navigate a child through manhood or transition from being a boy to being a man. That is, I think that's a great way to capture that, you know, it becomes less about you as a boy and more about others. And that's why the word impact for me is like the word that I live by. You know, as a teacher, as a Christian, whatever it is, impact. What kind of impact do you have in your role on the people around you, on the world, on your community, on your society? You're going to be judged by that impact, you know, and that is what a man does. You have an impact, you know. When you're a boy, you're allowed to play. Do as you wish. Eat as much ice cream as you want. Go play football. Don't pay no bills. It doesn't matter. But when you're a man, every decision you make has an impact when you don't do something, there's an impact to it. So what side are you gonna be on? And that's why I think the word impact is is, is again massively underrated in that sense.
0: One hundred percent I totally agree that our actions or lack of actions has an impact on those around us. And that's why I think we need to be more aware of how we impact others, how what we do or don't do land on those around us and also on ourselves. But I'm afraid we have to leave it here. It was really great chatting to you, Mani. I really appreciate it. You dropped loads of gold nuggets into this chat. And I hope people can take them and use them into their context. And in case people want to check out more what you do and, you know, your project and so on, how they can uh, get in touch. And it goes without saying that I'll put all those details into the caption of this episode.
1: Yeah, so... Um... You can, find, um, you can find me if you want to ask any questions or just see what I'm up to. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram with the same handle, which is Manny Owl. I'm also on YouTube. Uh, if you just type in Manny's Conscience and that's the same for my website, which is www.mannysconscience.com. Um, and if you want to donate to the Reach Out Project, which is my charity, um, the organization that supports young boys from from London, um, have a look at what we do. If you want to donate, there is an option to do that as well. But yeah, that's where you can find uh, myself and and the work that I do.
0: Thanks for tuning in today. And if you like my conversation with money, please don't forget to rate, comment, subscribe on the platform you're listening from. You can connect with me and the men platform on social media. The details are in the caption of this episode where I've also put a link to the blog post about men and expressing emotions and finding a healthy way, a much more authentic way of expressing emotions as men. And guys, next time you're absolutely in for a treat, I'm having a conversation with Aaron Barnett-Clark, the captain of Maroon Fitness, discussing about masculinity, fitness, and anything beyond. Until next time, stay safe and continue listening to Mentality Podcast.